Good morning all. Our Bible reading today is taken from Paul's letter to the Colossians. The title of our sermon today is Captivated and Raised with Christ. It's on page 955 in the Pew Bible, if you'd like to follow with me. Living as those made alive in Christ... Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, Barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If if any of you have a grievance against someone, Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell in you richly as you reach, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is God's word. Good morning all for those who don't meet. My name is David as well. You can be all honorary Davids today. Uh, We're going to pray as we come to God's word. Father, we acknowledge that you know what's in our hearts and our minds. You know what is important to us. 
you know, our worries and our anxieties, you know, the state of our mental health. We thank you that because of that we don't need to hide and yet we confess that we do. We don't want to be exposed to you because so often we feel embarrassed. But we thank you that you seek us out. We thank you for your word that is powerful and is able to reach in and convict and change and lovingly transform us. And we pray for your word to do that this morning. We thank you that you have spoken, recorded in the scriptures, and you continue to speak to us through the scriptures. So we thank you for your word this morning. Amen. I must confess that I don't always remember what was said in church previously. But one thing I do remember happened 17 years ago in church where I was. A lady, her name was Pip, and she was going to go overseas and serve as a missionary in Cambodia. And she said that morning when I was in church listening to her, she said that many Cambodians sleep on the floor. So she began sleeping on the floor to identify with them. Many Cambodians eat rice as their main meal. So she began to eat rice as her staple food. Many Cambodians speak the Khmer language. So she had begun learning Khmer. While not living in Cambodia, Pip's heart and mind were already there. And because of that, that determined how she lived where she was in the present. In Colossians chapter 3 that Dave read out to us, Paul reminds us that through Christ we have died to our sinful nature and we've been raised with Christ and so now we are to live with our hearts and minds where we actually already are. Been raised to, with Christ, and that's the focus that has determined our lives, that we are already present with Christ. Those first four verses is the principle. It's the principle that comes out of chapters 1 and 2 that Paul has been speaking of. What is the result of that? Well, here's the principle of how to live. And then from verses 5 to 17 is the outworking of that principle. So that's what I want to try and cover this morning. Hearts and minds set on things above. Paul says in those first four verses, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Notice the past tense in verse 1. Since then you have been raised with Christ. It's like what Paul said as he wrote to the Ephesian believers in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. 
It's something that has already happened. And therefore, Paul says, since then, since is not if you have, but since because you have been raised. So our values, our identity, our choices are now to reflect where we already are. In fact, if we say that we've been raised with Christ and our values don't reflect that, we are people of we're not people of integrity. We've been so confronted with the, the challenges of costs of living. And saving up for a home deposit is so challenging for people. I remember my parents many, many years ago. My, my parents had died, but I remember when I was young, my parents saying they had that goal, they wanted to be able to buy a house, and it affected everything about their lives. Their focus was on that. It affected when and what type of clothes they bought. It affected where they went out, if they went out. It affected when they were by a car. It affected so much. Their choices were governed by a single-mindedness they had that they wanted to be able to purchase a house and everything that was in their heart and mind about that focus was affected. What they did, what they had. We saw last week from what Andrew was saying that the false teachers had claimed that God's kingdom could be attained by focusing on things in the present, uh, such as certain foods or certain festivals. And today, uh, in 2023, there are many promises about finding fulfilment now. Promises that says that we can have everything. Buying this car will bring freedom. Using a certain toothpaste. Choosing the right superannuation. Following this influencer. Using this product will save the environment. So many things that promise life. And yet focusing on things never fully satisfies. In a sense, we all know that, I think. And yet it's so easy to keep getting caught up in that. The things cannot subdue our sinful nature. And life is found in the crucified and the resurrection Christ. If our focus is genuinely on him, if we actually believe what the gospel is, then that will affect and change how we live in the present. And so Paul says, set your hearts on things above. He uses the word set twice. It's actually the first set is the word seek. It's a command to seek or to set your focus to pursue heaven's values. And the second one is set your minds. It's a command about what we think about, thinking on things above, not thinking about superficial things, but thinking about things of our, 
of the will. Uh, we have uh, three adult children. Uh, the oldest one is Matthew. Uh, when he was young, he, he used to enjoy running and he was part of little athletics and uh, he would train a fair bit. And one of his heroes was Eric Liddell. Uh, Eric Liddell, who was famous from the movie Chariots of Fire. He was a Scottish runner who won uh, gold in the 1924 Paris Olympics. He was a gifted runner, even though he had a really unique style. He had a future in athletics. And yet his heart was focused on things above. And he willingly chose to forgo that to go to China for the sake of the gospel. Single-mindedness as to where his focus was had an impact about how he lived in the present. We ought to set our hearts and minds on things above because that is where we are. Paul says, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Uh, that word hidden conveys the sense of being secure. The word hidden, other people can't get to what is hidden because they don't know where it is. Our eternal security is unable to be snatched away even in difficult times. And yet that we are hidden also means that other people can't see. They can't see where we are and so Christians are often ridiculed as believing in things that are fanciful. And because people can't see where we are, how we live, and how we behaved is so important. And some people will notice And Paul calls us, this is how we are to live until the Lord Jesus is returning. He is coming back. And Paul says, this is the principle. Hearts and minds focus on things above. And what does that mean in practice? Well, the first thing he says is a focus on things above means killing off what does not belong. He said in verse 3, you died. And so we are to put to death in verse 5 and get rid of in verse 11 the things that do not reflect our new nature. And Paul gives two lists, two lists in verses 5 to 9 about things that we are to deal with. And I think Paul uses them as examples. We are to get rid of everything that does not reflect God's kingdom. It's not any of these two areas that he was talking about, but he gives them as examples. And I think he uses these examples because they are things difficult for us to control. We read in verse 5, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices 
and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the, in the knowledge, in knowledge, in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Well, that first list that he deals with is about improper sexual relations outside of marriage. And he says we are to kill off any spoiling of sex that is other than its intended purpose. This is so countercultural today. And indeed, many believers struggle in this area. To kill anything is hard. But that we are raised with Christ means that we now have his transforming power within us. Because we've been raised to Christ, we can say no. Indeed, self-control is one of the fruits of the Spirit that we have been, because we've been raised with Christ. And along with that is the power to trust that Lasting fulfilment is actually found in Christ, not in the things that we are tempted by. In Greek mythology, the mythical Odysseus was preparing to sail past an island, an island where these mythical creatures called sirens were. Sometimes they were like mermaids, and they would sing, and the singing was so beautiful, the sailors would want to jump in and swim to the singers or to, the, to what they heard. And these songs would lure sailors, but then they would be impaled on rocks and die. When he was preparing to sail past this island... He wanted to hear the sirens sing, but he didn't want to be destroyed. So he made the crew tie him to the mast so he couldn't jump in. And then he made the crew put wax in their ears. And Odysseus went mad with desire, but he was kept safe. Another man, another mythical man, Jason, was sailing past the same area. And he took Orpheus, a, a supremely gifted musician. And then they approached and the sirens began singing. Orpheus began to play his music, which was beautiful and sublime and so attractive on his harp. The music was more beautiful than the siren songs. And the sailors were captivated by his music and they sailed past without any problem. In our world, temptations come and they seem to captivate us. And Paul reminds us there's something far more satisfying that captivates it's the Lord Jesus. Interesting, the list, this first list, adds greed 
which is idolatry in verse 5. And greed or covetousness is ultimately about selfishness. What we give our worth to, what we pursue will control and demand our allegiance. What we long for will have our worship. Wrong sexual desires are about self-gratification, which never satisfies. And Paul reminds us that the Lord Jesus is satisfying and is worth saying no to the things that are not part of his kingdom. Putting to death uh, seems to be such extreme language. And yet Paul uses this language because God's judgment is coming. In verse 6 he says, because of these the wrath of God is coming. And so it's a warning. A warning to take where our heart and mind is seriously in how we live out our lives. But interestingly, he adds, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. You used to walk or you used to live suggests that they'd overcome as they'd set their heart and mind above. Paul then goes on and gives this other list which seems to be about language and I don't know about you but how easy it is for words to come out of my mouth that don't reflect Christ and that I when it comes out I think to myself where did that come from the Bible says it came from inside me it came from my heart Jesus said out of the heart the mouth speaks what we reflect on, what we allow to go into our minds. Will influence us. What we are think about as God's people is hearts and minds focused above. Sometimes we'll turn around without even realizing and we'll see something. We can't help that. We can't help some things that go to our minds. But there are lots of things we actually have a choice about. And Paul says we are to be ruthless. It's just a, a silly example. Um, I try and walk most mornings if I can. And I listen to the radio. I, uh, I'm 65, so I listen to Smooth FM. Uh, But a lot of the songs on there, they're songs that I grew up with. But the lyrics aren't always that helpful, not always edifying. And having preparing for this sermon, I became convicted I should listen to other things. Sometimes I listen to a podcast from a church in Newcastle, um, which can be helpful. Sometimes I listen to Hope 
I'm 65 and I want to listen to Hope 103.2. I much prefer to listen to Smooth. And there's no, nothing wrong with listening to Smooth FM. But for me, it's helpful to actually say no, if I can to be ruthless, to allow what goes into my mind to be more edifying. Paul talks about hearts and minds that are focused above, include by taking off and putting on in verses 9 and 10. Uh, many years ago, I had a, well, I still have, he's, he's still a friend, he's still a good friend of mine. Uh, a friend of mine was, uh, was sentenced to prison. He went to prison for a couple of years. He was in Goulburn Jail and Junee Jail. And I went to visit him a number of times. And each time I went down to visit him, he had a green T-shirt on and green track pants. They're what people in prison wear. His clothes defined his reality. When he was released, he stopped wearing these green clothes. And now when we see him, he's wearing civilian clothes. His identity, his values has changed. He has a, a, he's a new person. In fact, when we meet now, we both wear civilian clothes, indicating there's no difference between us. Paul says that all those who are in Christ have clothed themselves with Christ now there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. No distinction. In Christ we are all equal. But it also means those clothed with Christ are not to look down on others. For we all have areas that we need putting to death. It is so easy sometimes to look at other people and say, well, they need to deal with that. When we have areas that we need to put to death ourselves. The second thing, a focus on things above means putting on Christ and reflecting him. As God's people, we are to reflect him in how we function as a community. In verses 12 to 17, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. To put on Christ is to be like Christ, is to live a life of love, being compassionate and kind and humble. This is also true 
when life is challenging or dealing with hurts and difficulties. He says, as we bear with each other and forgive each other. It's costly. Paul demands us or demands of us the value of being thankful and the importance of encouragement. And interestingly, he says, part of that encouragement is to come from teaching one another. Isn't interesting? This morning I'm teaching, but you all have a role this morning of teaching. Teaching one another. You may have heard of a lady called Rosaria Butterfield. She was, uh, she was an English professor. She lived with her lesbian lover while reading, uh, while reading the Bible. She read the Bible for two years with the goal of refuting Christianity. She said, after two years of this, something happened. The Bible got to be bigger inside me than I. It overflowed into my world. And then one Sunday morning, two years after I first met Ken, who was a pastor, and Floyd, his wife, and two years after I started reading the Bible for my research, I left the bed I shared with my lesbian partner, and an hour later... I showed up in a pew at the Syracuse Reformed Presbyterian Church. I kept going back to the church to hear more sermons. I made friendships with people in church by this time and I really appreciated the way they talked about the sermons throughout the week, how the word of God dwelt in them and how they referenced it in the, detail, in their, in the details of their lives. See that? I really appreciated the way they talked about the sermons throughout the week, how the word of God dwelt in them and how they referenced it in the details of their, of their lives. The opportunity to teach one another, sharing what we've learnt from the Bible or maybe picking up a Christian book It's a picture of people in whom the Bible dwells. Just going back to my silly Hope 103 and smooth. I am 65, so. <laughs> Have I said that before? <laughs> uh, yesterday I was listening to Hope 103 and uh, I had an interview with a guy called Blessing. He's a Nigerian guy. I, got nothing, I don't know anything about his music. Um, so this is not a recommendation for him. But in the interview, he talked about his desire. He had a genre of humility. He wanted to sing songs that focused on humility. And I was so encouraged about that. That is so different to our world. And that's things I want to talk, that's something I can talk to people about in the week and saying how value that, valuable that is. I wonder what comes out in your conversations. 
comes the Bible as it lives within us, comes out as we teach each other through encouragement and gentle warnings. On finishing, uh, I began with uh, this lady, Pip, whose heart and mind in one place affected how she lived in another. So we who have died with Christ and have been raised with him are to live today in the light of who we are and where we are and who we belong to. In your servant outline, um, there, there are three questions. Um, you may just, even now, just take a minute uh, or if we don't have a minute, then that's okay. But questions to reflect on. Is your heart and mind focused on things above? What sin do I need to be ruthless with and put to death? What could I use to teach and warn others this week? And I did think of a fourth one. It's not written down there. Who could you pray verses 1 to 4 for this week? Praying that people will have their hearts and minds set on above. Let's just take 30 seconds as an opportunity and then um, I'm going to pray and, and then we'll, the musicians will come up. Now, Father, we thank you for what is incredible, that Christ died in our place and we have been raised with Christ. Our sinful nature, by trusting in the Lord Jesus, has been put to death. And we now, as it were, are in the heavenly realms with you. And as people who are raised with Christ seek to live that out in our daily lives, we do pray for your help. We acknowledge that putting sin to death is not easy and we confess, we apologise that we're so good at making excuses. Please help us to be ruthless Help us to actually grow to believe the gospel is more captivating than any sin that seems so enticing. And help us to keep putting on the Lord Jesus, to live a life of love. We thank you for giving us all the role of being a teacher. So please help us to teach one another Thank you for your goodness. Amen.